0: Hello and welcome to Eventful, the podcast for meeting professionals. I'm your host, Lauren Edelstein with Northstar Meetings Group. Eventful, the podcast is our way of inviting you to join some of the interesting conversations we have with people in our business about topics that really should be on your radar. I look forward to hearing what you think and please be sure to subscribe.
1: More than a year into a global pandemic, If there's one thing meeting planners have learned, it's that connecting with at-home attendees presents distinct challenges compared to a traditional in-person gathering. From how education is presented, to the flow of the sessions, to how it's promoted before and after the live event, every aspect of a gathering must be reconsidered when held in a virtual environment. That continues to be true, even as meeting planners begin looking to do in-person events and consider how to incorporate a virtual component into hybrid gatherings. I'm Alex Palmer, Deputy Editor for North Star Meetings Group, and to discuss these points, I spoke with Melissa Park, a global event producer who has specialized in creating events for the tech industry, first at Hortonworks, data software company in California, and now as an independent planner based in Australia. She recently launched a masterclass on seven steps to event success. On this episode of Eventful, the podcast for meeting professionals, I speak with Park about how to keep attendee eyes on screens for virtual events. But first, this episode is sponsored by Colombia, the most welcoming country in the world for all events. Colombia welcomes you and your event with amazing experiences, infrastructure, venues, and the whole charm of its people. In Colombia, the only terms and conditions are for you to always feel at home. Columbia counts more than 27 convention centers and 455 hotels among its offerings. Fully equipped digital service venues, practical and avant garde designs, ready to adapt to your event demands. So save the date for your next visit to Columbia, the most welcoming country in the world.
0: I, I guess I would start by saying that I know defining the scope is, I call it a beige task. Um, most event professionals would prefer, myself included, to just jump into the fun stuff. What's the program going to look like? What's the branding, the activations, you know, all the fun stuff that kind of gets us excited about going on site, the attendee experience, or, you know, even in a virtual setting, it's the same thing. However, I see this as the the biggest mistake that most of my clients or other event organizers make where they don't stop and really work out like, what is the event we're running? Why are we running it? You know, what's the mission? What are the goals? What's our messaging? How are we going to communicate to our, our, you know, potential attendees? What are the risks? All of those kind of you know, factors that we need to consider. So often in the planning process, people from within your organisation might come to you and say, hey, let's add this to the programme or let's do this. And while sometimes it's okay to have elements or features that don't necessarily make sense to the programme just for a bit of fun, uh, you don't want to kind of just have a rabbit hole of, you know, random offerings that don't make sense. Taking a minute to really define your scope is so important because it, it really provides the foundation and framework for the decision-making process throughout the entire planning process.
1: And that's true of really any event, whether in-person, hybrid, or digital. W- what do you think when you're talking specifically about a digital event where you're going to have this really strong online component, why is that you know, particularly important to really have a clear definition of what the, the scope or the mission of this event is?
0: I would say, honestly, it's because you've only got a short span of time to really get them in. And if people log into your event and it doesn't make sense or you know, they don't think they're going to get something or get what they want out of it, or it's not necessarily, you know, what they thought they were signing up to. They'll just log off and you lose them. So I think in-person events, people have typically flown or traveled at least to get there and they're on site. So even if something doesn't align, they can find something else. You know, it's one portal and one offering. Once you've lost an attendee, they're not logging back in. It's so important that the messaging and everything aligns with what you're actually offering and what they believe that they're going to get out of the event because otherwise you'll lose them in a couple of minutes and it's essentially a waste of time.
1: Especially as we've shifted to the exclusively online the last few months, the awareness of what a short attention span a lot of attendees have has become so clear. And that leads to your next point, which is keep the program tight. How does that play a role when you're talking about online events?
0: To me, it means everything needs to be succinct and you need to kind of like Pack a punch, so to speak. So, in the last week, I have seen two different organizations launch, you know, three day virtual events. And I'm just like, we've been doing this for 12 months. I can't believe that multi day virtual events are still being promoted. It's insane to me. And then, since then, every single day, I've received emails from these same organizations. Like every day promoting the event and driving registration, which means that they're not seeing the uptake that they wanted, right? So for me, I kind of view a virtual event, you still need it to be educational. It still needs to serve a purpose, but keep it tight and use it as more of kind of like a scratch of the surface. If it's Typically, a three day live event, then create an educational portal. Use your virtual event to, you know, kick things off as a teaser. And then you can use an educational portal to keep communicating with people and kind of keep the event going. If typically you run a, you know, a three day conference that has eight different tracks, use your virtual event to scratch the surface on each of those tracks and then have the portal, which is track specific. So you can have an entire marketing campaign dedicated to this target audience um, where they can just keep coming back into the portal and they're learning or finding exactly what they want to. These virtual events should be no more than a couple of hours.
1: This isn't just a one-off event. Maybe this one, there's a one sort of headline conference online gathering that you're having, but you should be thinking about this content as living on... Uh, much longer than just this one day.
0: And I think if anything, like the last year has kind of taught us the the benefit of doing that. And typically, if you're going to run a conference, a live in-person conference, in all of the cases that I've seen, you promote the sessions and the recordings afterwards, right? So, you know, often you'll live stream the keynote, but then afterwards on your website, they can find all of the track sessions, all of the keynote sessions, and you promote that afterwards, but it almost like lives for a couple of weeks and then interest dies off because there's the next conference to go to. But with virtual event programs, you know, you can really just make an entire educational platform and then it can live as long as you want it to, actually, as long as you've got the content to be able to deliver, you know, it needs to be good content.
1: And not only continue the on-demand content, that's a great offering, but also to then have new content going up.
0: Yeah. And, you know, if anything, you're delivering more value that way, because, you know, no one's got more than a couple of hours to dedicate to an event they've definitely not got three days. So, you know, the fact that they can log in at their convenience and, you know, you can use your marketing drops to announce new sessions or announce some cool new feature that's part of the portal and and keep them coming back or stay top of mind. It's a great way to be able to still offer the same value that you would on site, but just in a different format. It's also a way if like if your main business is in in in-person or if the end goal is to get them all to your in-person event, it's also a great way to give, you know, somebody a sneak peek into what your on-site experience is going to be. If someone has a really fun virtual experience, then they know live in-person is going to be a million times better. So I think it's great to be able to access people that normally wouldn't have the budget or might not want to risk you know, flying internationally, you know, or even domestically to go to an event, which, you know, that costs a lot for people and their companies. The virtual events or these online platforms, if done correctly, can really help promote the live in person when they can come back again.
1: Yeah, I've heard uh, someone talking about creating fomo for face-to-face in, in some ways one of the other points you make in your piece is about the importance of entertainment making sure that's a, a, a component so talk about maybe what you mean by that and also what your experience if you have you know examples of really effective uh, entertainment being incorporated into an online event
0: entertainment. I mean, it's always important, but more so with virtual events, because the last thing you want someone to do is log in and just kind of just get this beige offering of session after session. You know, it's just, it's boring and it's got no life. So if someone logs in and you've got a DJ, and I would say also on this, you've got to make sure that whoever you hire can translate to the virtual setting. Sometimes you can find a DJ that's awesome, but you know he might feed off a live audience so you've got to find whether it's a dj or an opening act i've seen just i've seen so many fails where it's just like they just clearly couldn't translate you know typically in real life it, it's a great act but it just was awkward watching it on screen so that's just one caveat to think of or to keep in mind if you're on a budget a playlist is fine but Having the human element to a virtual event makes a real difference. I always say to everyone on at my like on site at my events or even virtually, and like you've got to look like you're having fun. So make sure the DJ is interacting and having fun with the camera as though a stadium full of people. And then entertainment throughout as well. And by that I mean like your interactive features. So. Again, I mentioned before, just to log on and have back-to-back sessions is a little bit boring. Um, maybe in some spaces it works, but we all want a little more than that from our events. So putting wow factor moments in like having you know virtual photo booths, I think that's a given these days. Live scribes are really cool virtual exhibitions that people can interact with. If it makes sense, things like wellness classes, mixology, live polls, Uh, birds of a feather or round tables, all of these things you can do in the virtual space and they can run really good and they can be really effective. A lot of the times with virtual events, what's really cool is every single thing that someone does earns them a certain amount of points. Attendees can come if they watch, you know, a keynote, if they watch a session, if they go to the photo booth, if they visit an exhibition booth, whatever it may be, like each of those activity earns activities earns them points and then they can go into an online store afterwards which is filled with branded merch and pick what they want and then that gets sent to them after so that that's really cool and that works amazingly well in the, in the tech space injecting fun throughout your program is key as long as it, it makes sense so typically a conference uh, would have multiple tracks so if you're trying to condense that down and, and touch on each track in the conference like within a conference setting it not every session is going to be relevant to every person. So you don't want them logging off. So if you can keep their attention using different interactive features, like maybe when one of the 15-minute sessions isn't of interest, they can duck into, you know, your virtual exhibition or go and have fun at the photo booth or, you know, it just kind of keeps them engaged when they might not be engaged in the specific presentation that's being delivered.
1: Yeah. Having sort of multiple ways they can connect. Exactly. Um, And that that brings up another point that you mentioned about the the importance of marketing. Where does marketing fit in? What are some particular elements to think about in your marketing when it comes to engaging people virtually?
0: Yeah, these days, everyone has Zoom fatigue and they're getting hit left, you know, from Every direction with things in their inbox and invites to a million different virtual events, most of which are free. The opportunity is endless right now. So you've really got to cut through all of that digital noise. So for me, marketing, and this is an obvious thing, but unfortunately, I I sometimes don't see it. Everything needs to be on brand and the messaging needs to be consistent. So that's number one. And then number two is have fun with the marketing. So we know that virtual events have a high drop off rate. So for me, it's essential to send out a pre-package, but tie that pre-package into on-site. So an example would be if you're having a virtual photo booth in the tech space, at least, engineers love like the crazy socks or a cool, you know, really cool designed t-shirt or, you know, something like that. So you can tie that in to a competition using your virtual virtual photo booth. So for me, it's like a tie-in. If you're doing a mixology class, then you would send the ingredients to be able to make a signature cocktail. Things like that, where you can tie it in and it kind of excites people receiving something. The other thing with that is whatever you send needs to be quality. So, if you send little cheap giveaways <laughs> that you know <laughs> you, you see on site, sometimes at a trade booth, that's not going to impress someone. If anything, they're going to be like, oh, I don't <laughs> think it's worth logging in. So whatever you send, and even if the budget's small, then just send one, say it's a notebook, send a good notebook that is well-branded and feels nice, looks nice, because that speaks volumes to the education experience they're about to have on site. Every drop, marketing drop needs to serve a purpose. So don't just hit people up and just spam their inbox. Have a, a good think about what you need to communicate and then plot that out. Yeah,
1: and as you said, kind of creating excitement for the event, getting them to look forward to it and teasing what's they, they can expect. But in a way, yeah, that has them anticipating it, not dreading it. Exactly. And then you also talk about the importance of follow-up. And we touched on that a bit about how you can really leverage this online event to be a multi-week, multi-month, kind of keep that engagement going. Any other things that should be kept in mind for planners post event?
0: Yeah. So I would just say that you need to have a plan, an action plan for every single one of your attendees. So whether it's defining where the the attendee list is being sent. So is are people entering a funnel? Are they being passed on to different departments within your organization? And then you have to have a communication plan for each each of those different, I guess, submarket so to speak and then in terms of post event obviously if if you're doing what we've mentioned and creating somewhat of a platform that can live a little longer then you you need a communication plan for that for each segment of your target audience so that way you keep them logging back in and then post show wise as well I think it's nice to tie something fun that happened on site to a little post-show gift. So one example of that that works really well for virtual events is having live scribes. Basically, they draw the biggest takeaways from each of your sessions and they create a graphic or an artwork. So that graphic or artwork could be used as you know the front, whether it's like one side of a, a postcard that you send or the front cover of a, well, a thank you card. And then these days you can get like cards or postcards printed where it looks like everything is personally written even though it's not so you can send like a really personalized post-show card with the the call to action that you want them to take
1: yeah and a great way to keep them interested in the event even you know after after it's taken place
0: exactly and it's ongoing promotion if anything's like branded clothing or, you know, even if it's water bottles or tote bags or, you know, whatever it may be, you know, they're a walking advertisement for the event and your brand.
1: Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Well, well that's great, Mel. I think that that kind of hits the key points I wanted to cover. And for anyone that's interested in learning more about your masterclass or your offerings, where should they go?
0: yeah so my website is melissapark.co and then you can always find me on social media so Instagram's probably the best one to get me at so it's underscore Melissa Park.
1: Wonderful all right well thanks so much Melissa I appreciate you taking the time to chat.
0: Thanks so much.
1: This episode is sponsored by Columbia, the most welcoming country in the world for all events. Columbia welcomes you and your event with amazing experiences infrastructure, venues, and the whole charm of its people. In Colombia, the only terms and conditions are for you to always feel at home. Colombia counts more than 27 convention centers and 455 hotels among its offerings. Fully equipped digital service venues, practical and avant-garde designs ready to adapt to your event demands. So save the date for your next visit to Colombia, the most welcoming country in the world.
0: thanks for listening. Be sure to rate and review us and check back for new episodes soon.